0: welcome to the 20 minutes of filler podcast episode 39 i have a special guest with me today that i am very excited about a good friend and up and coming everything in the board game industry he's an (laughs) artist he's a graphic designer he's a board game designer he lives in chicago illinois and his name is adam McIver. Hello. Hey, dude. How are you today?
1: I'm doing really great. How are you?
0: I am fantastic. It's a very busy week. This, this The end of this week is the launch of the next couch game from Green Couch Games, as you yeah. know, since we are kind of collaborating on that.
1: No, I had no idea.
0: Yeah, you, I don't know if you knew that or not, but you got a lot I, of work to do before Friday. Right? Oh, yeah. I
1: better get started.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that in a few minutes. But first, I just want to... Um, let people have a chance to get to know who you are and what you do. So, um, first of all, um, so, so I already mentioned that you're an artist and you're a game designer, but like, let's just talk about this love for gaming that we, that we have because sure. you don't, you don't find many artists that get into the gaming space that, mm-hmm. that stick around the gaming space that don't already love games. So, um, what was the thing that got you into kind of modern hobby board gaming
1: yeah, uh, I think it was probably uh, growing up with comic books, going to uh, the comic shop as often as I could convince my parents to do so. And, you know, you started to see in comic shops this uh, this uh, entrance of Magic the Gathering. And then as soon as they realized that's, you know, that's a cash cow, we really got to jump on that and all the different CCGs that came after that. Um, and that whole boom of, uh, wizard magazine did inquest magazine, which was a gaming magazine there shortly, oh, okay. a little while. Um, so start with magic. I played, uh, the star Wars, original star Wars CCG. Uh, I might've may or may not have played Pokemon for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> um, then as far as board gaming came, uh, a little bit later, but I, I I saw that Richard Garfield had put out Robo Rally, and Robo Rally was my first actual, you know, non-mass-market board game. Um, and I think I just kind of got hooked from there. And, uh, every time I found a new board game, because living in a small town, it actually was kind of hard to find them. Because um, this is before the age of the internet, which is one of those things that you say that makes you feel really old.
0: <laughs> Dude, tell me about it.
1: So... Uh, Every time I saw a new one, I would, I would you know pick it up and check it out, and eventually became kind of a closet hog. Uh, but yeah, so I just you know latched onto it ever ever since, and played everything I could get my hands on, and
0: yeah, that's cool. Do you still play any any CCGs? Uh, you know I I, I gave uh the new
1: Doomtown uh Living Card Game a shot, and I I used to play it in college actually, and something about it I guess just the the amount that I play board games CCGs is just not a, a, a amount of time that I can devote anymore uh, to building decks and making sure that I you know have the the best new cards and all those things and even though living card games have made that slightly easier it's just not something I can't really devote any extra time to anything sure, <laughs> outside sure. of you know having <laughs> Uh, relationship and family life, and then this this career that takes up a lot of my time. You know, I don't have that extra free time, especially if I want to work in a little bit of board game design in there whenever I can, so um, board games are great because you just open them up and you play, you don't really have to prepare the way That's you do right. it for a CCG. Yeah, and you
0: don't have to, I mean, like, you might spend, you know, 50 bucks on a board game, and you're going to pull it out of the box and be able to play it right off the bat you don't really have to add any more to it it's like right you know that's all optional and sure and and I, I totally get that like it seems like you'd have to like focus just on one or the other i mean and i know some people do both and that's fantastic for them but i mean the the, the investment of time just to like do either one of them is, is pretty big so yeah
1: when i see people who are really heavily invested in in any ccg or living card game uh, especially like a uh, netrunner right um, but they also have a job and are also prominent in the hobby. I just I don't know where they're getting those extra hours.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? seriously. Well, that's cool. That's uh. The, so you came by way of CCG, but first mm-hmm. it was because of comics and and art, and I imagine that kind of wetting your whistle there, like the the visual storytelling. You know, yeah, of comics absolutely. is mm-hmm. it grabs a hold of those young people's imagination. Do you do you still read comics?
1: I do. Yeah, I do. I actually, uh, you know, I've collected graphic novels and whatnot, uh, my entire adult life. You know, I, d- I don't collect single issues anymore, but, uh, kept up with graphic novels and actually just recently got addicted to the, the Marvel Unlimited, uh, service, which is oh. that, you know, you spend like $9 a month and can read digital comics kind of, they're this huge backlog and it's, uh, <laughs> It's probably more that more time than I should spend <laughs> re- reading comics, but um, yeah, I've been enjoying that. Yeah,
0: that's that's cool. I, I've just been kind of I stopped buying comics for a while, and when I got into games, because I had to decide how to spend my disposable income. And just now, as I'm getting more and more into the gaming industry, like comics are kind of becoming a little bit of my hobby again. But I'm kind of like you, where I just I try to buy the the, the trade paperbacks. I have a mm-hmm. few weekly titles that I pick up at my local comic shop, but. Um, it's fun, and I, and I think that, you know, like, hey, we don't have time for it, but, like, there's something about creatives and reading other creative things that can inspire us as
1: creatives. I oh, think. totally. So, Absolutely. So that's my
0: justification, my excuse for being, you know, in comics comic still. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's talk about you as an artist. Like, when did you start drawing stuff?
1: Uh, You know, I've been drawing my whole life. I, I think uh, early on I had this idea that I was going to be uh, the next uh, Jim Davis because I was – Convinced if you were an artist that uh, cartoons in the newspaper were like the height of the art form. <laughs> um, and uh, through, through college, it transitioned into actually wanting to do comic book art and getting a little bit of uh, experience doing that early on steered me away from it pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I just transitioned into graphic design and I became a package designer and, you know, had an, an adult job there for, for you know, close to eight years. Um, And then, you know, all all this time, this hobby was in the background that I was just like eating up all my time and really just like, I was devouring it. And the more I, more I could play, the happier I was. And I just, for whatever reason, I just loved games. And I realized that games are really the meeting point of so many of my interests in life. Mm. Um, You know, socialization with my friends uh, art and design, uh, storytelling, cause games tell so many different varying stories. Um, so they all just kind of came together in games and I realized, you know, uh, about a year ago or so I started moving towards like, Hey, like, you know, this is everything that I'm interested in and luckily is something that I can apply my God given talents to, um, And so I started making that transition and starting to explore it, and it's turned out pretty well for me so far.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. This this year, I guess just the end of 2014, beginning of 2015 is when you launched your company, uh the Creative Department, which is mm-hmm. a, your full-time kind of board game business where you do illustration, uh, layouts, graphic design, uh consulting, stuff like that, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a it's trying yeah, trying try to offer a, a full service kind of deal to where you know, I'm a one-stop shop so publishers like such such as yourself can come to me and say like here's the game and if this is something that you're, you know, Capable of, like, you know, have at it and do it all. And it's been really rewarding. It's been really time-consuming. But it's been, you know, it's the best job I've ever had, and I couldn't be happier right now.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. That's that's really great to hear. I I mean it, it does take some guts to step out there and kind of do your own thing and leave that safety of the of the like you said the adult job the grown up job behind to to kind of right it, it yeah. feels like we're playing pretend when we're starting businesses you know like we're just <laughs> yeah, playing exactly. house and, and here we go like we're, we're yeah. just you know that's a that's a really cool thing when people are able to to do that. So mm-hmm. I'm excited for you. Let's yeah. talk talk a little bit about some of the games you've worked on as an artist and as a graphic designer. The first one that I noticed, and this is where I first became aware of you, mm-hmm. um, this was uh, through Crash Games, uh, uh, Council of Verona, that Michael Eskew designed. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. was that was that like your first published product? Yeah, in, that was that was my
1: f- yeah that was my first uh, artwork in a board game, and uh, you know it's a, a quick quick turnaround and it, it went really well. And obviously like people really enjoy that game. And, um, you know, as, as with anything, that's your, your first time you, you look, especially like from a artist's perspective, artists are never satisfied (laughs) uh, with what they've done. So I, I would have, would have loved to, um, revisit that. Uh, and you know, I see the, the, the French version that, uh has shown up online as just this, you know, beautiful illustration and you know <laughs> uh I'd love to revisit it, obviously. You know, you can't always do that, but yeah. That was that was my first, you know, my toes in the water and then um luckily that kind of opened up some some doors and more people did, you know, have an idea who I was after that. And,
0: right. Well, it's you know, even though, you know, it's that first kind of like thing that you look back at it it certainly it certainly has its charm it caught my attention right away just sure. very very cute and the, the characters did stand out in in the very dry sometimes kind of gaming space that we, mm-hmm. that we inhabit you know if, if it's not high fantasy it's it's maybe a little generic you know sure and, and that's yeah. changing which is really cool because the visual appeal of games is just i think it's getting better and better and and people are trying some different things and, and right that's, yeah it's really fun yeah. so so what are some of the other games you've worked on since then
1: uh, since then, you know, you and I actually worked on uh, Dead Drop together, um, which was one of the creative department's first full runs, you know. I handled the graphic design, uh, illustration, art direction, things like that. Yeah, awesome. Um
0: and what's gold cool west. What about that? Let me I'm going to you. I'm going to stop you right there. What's yeah, no cool problem. about that is you, in that in that game you have two different styles of art. Like you do the monsters and you do these spies. And they're totally unique. And like that's got to be a, a great skill set to have as a uh, as a guy who wants to do different kinds of board games is that like you can draw different styles of things and and that really communicates.
1: Yeah, I think it I think it comes from uh you know so many years in graphic design. You really have you can't have one style of graphic design. So I can't work on you know Doritos and then have it look the same as uh, Chef Boyardee, right? (laughs) Um, So having a a varied skill set, I wouldn't say that I'm a absolute expert on every style, but luckily each game that I tackle has kind of allowed me to explore these different styles that I'm interested in. Um, and I think as as I'm going, like Dead Drop was big for me. It it really let me stretch some of those um, graphic illustration uh, muscles on those on the monster set in particular that really helped me into the style that I used for Far Space Foundry, which is also on Kickstarter right now. Yeah. Um, which people seem to really like that style as well. So you know, and then best treehouse ever which i'm sure we're going to talk about a little bit um again a, a different you know textural more childish um illustration style so
0: yeah that's great so i mean you, you know you try to it seems that you try to come alongside the game and um and and do what is needed you're not just coming and say i'm going to put adam McIver's stamp on this game <laughs>
1: Right. Yeah. I, I really tried to make sure that I'm using the game's voice more so than mine. You know, it's, it's a collaborative effort. And so were I to say, okay, I'm going to make this look like me, then, you know, I'm doing the, the publisher to service and the, the game designer to service. So I want to make sure that I'm really speaking the same language as the game mechanics and the theme and things like that.
0: Yeah, that's, that's, that's really cool. I, I, uh, you can pick up on that sort of thing. Um, so what else did you say? You said did you say Gold West was another one that you're, you're uh, yeah, working Gold, on? Yeah,
1: Gold West is uh, coming out this year from um, Tasty Minstrel Games. Um, you know, Bottom of the Ninth is currently on Kickstarter. I worked on that. Um, actually, <laughs> there's so many at any given time. <laughs> and board game uh, uh, production cycles are so, it's so interesting compared to, you know, I came from corporate design working on packages for like PNG and large corporations where everything is so like regimented and the schedule is so specific and uh, board game production cycles are very fluid. Okay. <laughs> and so you might, you might be gunning for a deadline and then the publisher might be like, Oh, you know what? We, we just noticed this one thing. So we're going to hold off and we're going to de- make some development changes and I might not work on a game for, you know, three or four weeks. Oh, wow. Uh, while that that happens. So, um, it's been an interesting <laughs> transition from going to something that's a, a definite, you know, for sure pay- paycheck. Uh, you know exactly what you need to be working on at any given moment, too. Um, you know, right now I have probably six or seven games that are in various stages of activity. Um, which is, it's great because at any given point, I, you know I can jump from from game to game, and if if I'm running out of inspiration on one, I can kind of pick up some inspiration from another one and but yeah, it keeps me pretty pretty busy pretty busy <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I sound tired
0: but <laughs> <laughs> no that, but you're you're hiding it well, but that's that's fun to have have a variety of things to kinda dive into and and keep, yeah, keep you busy um so i just i'm curious if if you could pick like a game um or two. That you think illustrates like great graphic design and art that kind of um, hones in on the voice of the game that you didn't work on. Like, what, <laughs> what would those be? Um, I feel like
1: I always bring this up, and I'm not like a, a huge fanboy. Uh, I'm a, I am a fan, but I I don't want to come across as like a blubbering idiot. But Red Red Raven Games, uh, oh, like yeah. Eight Minute Empire, um, that's that's the kind of game where. I feel like you can't you couldn't separate those games from the aesthetic. Honestly, mm-hmm. they're so well integrated that those games look and feel and play like their own thing. Um so from from like a visual standpoint, uh I think those, you know, really encapsulate what Ryan is doing with those games. Um I would say uh I, I'm going to butcher the per, pronoun, pronunciation of it, but uh Twa? Okay, do you, do you know what game I'm talking it's about? It's a Z-Man
0: um, game, right? T R O Y E S. I think.
1: Yes, exactly. <laughs> I think it's Twa. <laughs> I'll
0: let you um, try to say it. I'll just. Spell sure. It. <laughs>
1: um, that game, you know, for you know a, a dry Euro game, you know, um, you, you know what you are getting into when you look at it, but it's carried through so well. Um, that it, it gives you a sense of the period. It gives you just this incredible sense that, you know, if it does look dry, but it's a beautiful dry, <laughs> um, to where, uh, you know what you're getting into and, yeah. and that sort of thing. Uh, I would also say all of the, the Dice Hate Me games, uh, offerings, they, they drip with the theme, um, and they just carry through this very specific aesthetic that you, I would say you take the logo off of those games and you would still know that they're a dice hate me offering.
0: Oh sure. Yeah, I totally agree. I, they they definitely have a specific feel. Well that's cool. Yeah, that, those are some kind of great examples of, of kinda the heart of what you're getting at with mm-hmm. with combining those different you know, they, that collaborative process. That's cool. Right. So also you're you like we mentioned, you're a game designer. So you had a mm-hmm. pretty big game success, uh was that about? It was about a year ago now on uh, Kickstarter yeah, yeah, yeah. with uh, Tasty Minstrel Games, and that was a little one-card micro game taking this new trend to the extreme with Coinage. <laughs> right. <laughs> what was that like?
1: Uh, that was. Uh, it was in- incredible. Honestly, it was it was a, a great experience for my first outing in as a game designer. That was I couldn't have asked for a better response. Um, it's it's been amazing to see the, the the different uh types of people that it's reached uh you know it, it really like as a game designer i'm sure that you're aware it, it, it's the the feeling when you hear that someone played your game let alone enjoyed it uh yeah. <laughs> is it's pretty incomparable honestly to all the other creative endeavors that that i've done you know i've had um, art shows where people have come up to me and told me that they really enjoyed the artwork or, or they've purchased art pieces. But there's this other level with game design where you, you gave someone ex- an experience that they enjoyed and they wanted to tell you about. It's more so than, you know, they appreciate the aesthetics of it. Um, it's, it'd be one thing if someone said, you know, um, oh, Coinage, yeah, I really like the way that looked. <laughs> Uh, but when someone said that they had fun, you know, for that, you know, five minutes that they played it, uh, that there's really nothing that is, comes close to that. So, uh, hopefully I can replicate that feeling in the future. Um,
0: we'll see. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like that, it, it's so neat that like this this thing we do so much in private, like designing these games and putting these things together. Like they start to take on a life of their own once they hit the wild, and like they're not they're almost not yours anymore. But like, oh, absolutely, you, You're yeah. like the proud papa who's like looking them out there, just enjoying themselves. You know, like, yeah. It's that's that's a that's a beautiful thing. That's really absolutely. Cool. Um. So so that was. Why don't you give us like the thirty the thirty second pitch of what Coinage is and like how it works.
1: Oh, sure. So Coinage is a area control game, uh, played with pocket change. And so it, it has a, it has the one, you know, component that you really need is a one card map, uh, with, uh, different spaces on it that are separated or grouped into regions. Um, and you're shaking up pocket change, slapping it down on the table. And from the results that you get, it's kind of like rolling dice. Uh, from the results that you get, you have different actions of, placing coins onto the map, uh, moving coins around, capturing coins um, to control these different regions. And so once the board is filled with coins or once one person runs out of their coins, the game's over and you kind of tally up your score. Um, It's a five to ten minute game uh, that people seem to enjoy pulling out while they're waiting for food at a restaurant or while they're waiting for people to show up uh, to a game night, things like that. Definitely a filler kind of game. Um, uh, the the negative comments, which I actually you know love. I don't know how you feel about you know reading negative comments on BGG. I I love when I see on there you know, well I you know I'd play it if I had five minutes to kill, but you know I'm I was really looking for a, a full game experience, thirty minute, sixty minute game experience. Um, and you know you just have to laugh at those things. You're like, so, that's,
0: well, not I, the, that's not the game that I made, yeah, so I'm glad that, you, that yeah. you use it for exactly the purpose that I designed <laughs> <Right>. it for.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was the experience I was trying to give you, not the one that you were trying to find. So
0: <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Coinage, uh, like I've seen it, like Tasty Minstrel has it. Like, at, uh, they might have it. On, do they have it on their online store still? Or... Uh, they,
1: it's it's available through the the BGG store or... and uh, Meeple Source. Um, oh, I don't I think the 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 TMG store is is up and running exactly yet but it'll be ava- available there um and it's also available in Japan which uh, <laughs> uh blows me away i really need to get my hands on one uh yeah. from their koi brands imprint but uh yeah that that has been very surprising i'd love to to be able to see that in the wild but you know i don't live there so i can't do yeah
0: that. yeah we'll have to keep our eyes peeled and Find a friend who can who can mail mail us over a couple copies. Yeah. Um. So that that is it is a fun game. I love the the cleverness of the coin the coin thing. Such a such a great little uh, little twist on uh, on area control and like well, the euro you. game. So that's really fun. Um. So let's talk a little bit about best treehouse ever because being the owner of Green Couch Games, I would be ashamed of myself if I didn't mention it.
1: Um, Absolutely. A
0: few days before we launched the Kickstarter for mm-hmm. for the game, so we worked with Scott Alms to, to bring this game out. And um I don't know just tell me what um what was kind of going through your head when the game was presented to you like here's the idea it's about um you know kids building a treehouse uh go like what 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 kind of feelings did that evoke for you and how did that influence your your process
1: Sure uh yeah I uh when you first brought it up to me you know I was I was interested in the th- and uh you know I I wanted to work with Scott for a while and uh wanted to work with you again uh, so I was interested and, you know, I asked for a, a print, and, print and play so I could take a look at it and, uh, got that. And once, once the gap was bridged from, you know, this theme is great and I was immediately drawn to the theme. Once the bridge was, or the gap was bridged, uh, from there to the actual mechanics and how it played and how you built this treehouse, I was, you know, I was sold uh, it. It has just a incredible hook. Um, I feel like people are going to be on board as soon as they see those cards start to build that treehouse in front of them and the, and it the the many times i've played it you do get this ownership over it that uh you're playing through and you know it's light and it's fun but you're also like man this is my treehouse <laughs> and i do think that it's better than your treehouse like regardless if i'm going to score more points or not you know i have a water slide and you don't so um yeah there's it, it's it's one of those games where I feel like has multiple levels that it can be enjoyed uh, based on. So
0: absolutely, that's that was one of my favorite experiences at Unpub is like playing with a younger player who started like telling the story of of his treehouse like while while he was playing, he was more into that than the game itself. And, right, and that was a that was just a great experience, and and I think that the the, the rooms, the activity that you put together in the rooms, have really kind of made way for that storytelling and that dreaming to to take place. So that's really cool.
1: Um, Yeah. I've, I've enjoyed, you know, kind of telling a story in each room as you're going from the, the name and description to adding in a few, you know, hidden details or uh, references or, you know, activities that are going on that people, you know, will have that kind of second moment of, Oh, okay. It's this kind of room and Oh, look, actually look, what's (laughs) going on in there. So.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Well, I hope we, I hope we fun quick and well, so we can maybe see some more little rooms with cool little stories (laughs) going on in there.
1: That would be great. (laughs) That
0: would be awesome. Um, so one of the things we like to do on the show is kind of, since we talk about all these these short little quick games that that bring people together, um, I wanted to get a feel for what are some of your favorite fillers that you like to bring and like what kind of group would you recommend each of those fillers for?
1: Sure. Um, yeah, actually, it's funny. We have uh, a, a game group that's pretty, pretty substantial here in Chicago. Um, and for whatever reason, the the group mainly moves from large game to large game. But, uh, you know, my girlfriend Carrie and I actually do play a lot of games, just the, the two of us. Um, and typically, what seems to be best for us uh, is, you know, filler weight games. I feel like that's, you know, probably common between a lot of couples. Um. So recently, we've actually been playing. Have you ever played Biblios?
0: Oh yeah. Good. Okay. One. Uh,
1: surprisingly, two-player Bibli- Biblios is pretty good, and which is something that you wouldn't necessarily expect from uh, a bidding game, right? Yeah, yeah. Um. It for whatever reason we, you know, I've I've had it for you know years, and I've always really enjoyed it and played it with three or four players, but just recently, you know, got it out for whatever reason and played it with Carrie and. We played it multiple times back to back. We're just really, you know, taken by it. And, wow. um, I don't know if you've ever played with two players, you know, but I recommend it.
0: I, I don't think I've ever thought to. Like, I think every experience I've had of that was, again, was like that three or four, that three or four player count. So now it's on my shelf. I'm going to have to pull that out and, and, uh, yeah, de- play definitely it with Lisa. give it a
1: shot. Yeah. It's, it's funny because it, you know, it, instead of going round and round with, with the bidding, it really does become this kind of like really tense back and forth. Like, you don't know what they're willing to pay, so you're you're trying to figure it out and make them overpay or trick them into paying for something that you don't really want in the first place. And it ended up working much better. I've never played a, a, a bidding game with two players that actually felt right. So um, we've been taken with that lately. Um, played a lot of Yardmaster Express lately, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, especially you know if we're about to you know let's let's get a game in real quick before going to bed or. Something like that. That's that's a great one to pull out. That's not going to, we're not going <laughs> to end up at each other's throats
0: <laughs> over it. Which uh, pretty pretty some, friendly yeah. game in that yeah. sense. So that's another one I had. I I got I got the Kickstarter copy. I, I don't. I haven't played it yet. I'm ashamed. I need to because it's a drafting game as well. Which you know I've been I've been into the drafting thing lately because sure, it's the best your house ever. Um, but yeah, I love the the way that turned out too. So yeah, so our, our style that one was really cool. Awesome, dude. Well, I, uh, I just want to, want to thank you for, for coming on and uh, kind yeah, of sharing a little bit of your story, sharing a little bit about, uh, art and design and, and kind of what's going on with you. Is there any big projects you that are coming up in the near future that we should be paying attention to aside from best free house ever? <laughs> uh,
1: well, you know, that's, that's the, that's the big one, right? You know, that's the one that really should, uh, everyone should pay attention to. Um, no, the, the things that are currently on Kickstarter, um, Far Space Foundry hasn't reached its goal yet. Uh, I really, you know, expected it to by now. Uh, The 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 people who um, have responded to it are very vocal and very outgoing about it. And I think it's just, you know, right now there's a lot of kickstarters on or, or games on Kickstarter right now. I think you're gonna gonna be lucky to be on the, the end of that where um a lot of those will have died down uh or at least you know cross your fingers that's the, gonna be the case. <laughs> I hope so. Um so yeah, everybody should check out Farspace Foundry. Um Bottom of the Ninth is, is doing well and I think will continue to do well. I think and people that, are man, finally grasping what that game is and realizing why it's so special. Um so yeah, that that's that's uh something people should look out for. Um, did you ever? But,
0: did you ever imagine that you'd be illustrating baseball cards?
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I didn't when uh, when when Daryl originally approached me about it. You know, I, I Daryl and Mike are great guys, and I've always wanted to work with Dice Hate Me, and I uh, I wasn't excited about it. I'll be honest. I, I'm not a huge sports fan. Um, I played baseball all growing up, and it, it's. More negative memories (laughs) than positive. That sounds really Um,
0: familiar to my life. (laughs) Yeah.
1: So you know, I was I was skeptical about it, but then as soon I as soon as I played that game, there's this um, amazing experience in that game where it goes from a cerebral guessing of what the other person is going to do to a quick dexterous activity <laughs> and it's really a transition that i don't think many games touch at all right so you're going from like think 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 to act 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 and it's every time i'd be like oh cool a hit and then carrie would immediately start rolling and i'd be like oh no no
0: no <laughs> um so it's just incredible fun so yeah that's fantastic really cool do you what about adam adam mcguiver the designer are there any games that you're currently working on
1: uh yeah, I'm uh you know, we're in we're developing uh Vector right now, which was signed by uh, Gamelin Games.
0: Oh yeah, that's right.
1: Um so that's been great. Uh the the two-player experience um, is really, you know, tight right now. It's it's pretty close to final if not final. Um and we're working on expanding it to three and four players. Uh, so hopefully we can get that nailed down pretty soon and, and move that towards, uh, production and out of development. Um, and then actually out of Unpub, I had a, uh, a publisher interested in a game that I was showing there, um, signed, a um, interest. Uh, what is it called? It's a development something in, or other intent, intent, <laughs> intent to publish yeah. development okay. agreement kind of, kind of deal. Oh, okay. Um, so so it's not not signed and I can't really talk about it yet but um I'm really excited about it it's a it, it's a game that I've been working on for a while and um very different and I'm excited for people to to experience that so
0: Well that's awesome. Looking forward to seeing some more Adam McIver uh, games uh, making their yeah. way to store shelves and stuff. Yeah. going to be rad. Well, dude, thanks so much again. Um, and how can people find you on the internet if they want to see your art, if they want to find out more about your games, if they want to interact with you, that sort of thing?
1: Uh, yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at at ad the number seven m eighty seven m is my my personal account. Uh, that's where I do most of my tweeting. Um, and then Creative Department is also on Twitter um, at c r eight d p t. So I'm kind of shortening that a little bit. Um, um uh, that's where i do i have most of my activity i'm i'm working on a more extensive website than i have right now but it's one of those interesting things from a from a creative person's perspective where you're spending so much of your time actually creating the creations (laughs) that you don't have the time left to document them and display them. So uh, eventually that'll come along, but it doesn't seem to be hurting things right now that I don't have a portfolio going (laughs) that people can view. So
0: right on. Yeah. That's, that's on the list of things to do at some point for green couch games too, is build a website. So sure. (laughs) (laughs) Well, dude, um, thanks again we are looking forward to more great things everybody out there listening if you want to interact with me you can find me on twitter at jason katarski we hope to see you friday march 20th over on kickstarter with uh, the new scott alms game best tree house ever from green couch games we uh hope you guys get out there and play some great little games thanks a lot